it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It was the final episode of AEW Dynamite before the Revolution pay-per-view coming up this Sunday. This was their San Francisco debut. They were at the historic Cow Palace. The same Cow Palace where Eddie Guerrero beat Brock Lesnar to win the WWE Championship. There was nothing even remotely close to that tonight. That's not what tonight was for. Tonight was to build up the pay-per-view coming up this weekend. This was their last chance to really sell us, to sell me, to sell you on the event. If you're on the fence or if you're going to order the pay-per-view, but you're really not that excited for it. This was their last chance to tell you why Revolution is going to be a big show on Sunday. There was some great promo work. They had some great promo work on this show. We'll get the good stuff out of the way first. John Moxley was on fire, I thought. That was a tremendous promo that he cut on Hangman Page, talking about their Texas Deathmatch coming up on Sunday. That came early in the show, early in the first hour. To close out the show tonight, we had the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, who was challenging MJF for the AEW World Championship in the 60-minute Ironman match this Sunday. He gave his closing arguments as to why he's going to win, why he's going to become the new AEW World Champion. And I thought those were two very strong promos. I like Christian Cage's promo as well that he cut on Jungle Boy, although that wasn't nearly as good uh, as the other two. But I thought that was very good as well. The opening match was very good. Orange Cassidy for the second week in a row defending his All-Atlantic Championship in what I thought was a very good opener. We had the face of the Revolution ladder match. They said the Revolution will be televised. It was tonight. We had a ladder match to determine who would be challenging for the TNT Championship at a later date. Now, normally they reserve this match for the pay-per-view itself. Uh, Not the case this year uh, because they simply were not going to have enough time, I guess, with a 60-minute Ironman match. So we got it tonight on the show instead. And Powerhouse Hobbs, the hometown boy, wins the face of the Revolution ladder match. He will get a TNT Championship match at a later date. And I'll talk about the latter match and what I thought about that. It was good to see Hobbs get the win. I will say it was good to see Hobbs get the win. And he was not the one I was impressed the most by in that latter match. After that, the show steadily fell. It slowly went downhill uh, from the second hour onward. The biggest disappointment being the Casino Tag Team Battle Royal. Now, Tony Khan loves doing his battle royals. We have a lot of battle royals on TV in this company. And over the years, we have seen several casino battle royals. And typically in the casino battle royal, you end up with a joker entrant at the end of that match. Now, at no point did AEW advertise that there were going to be jokers in this battle royal. But just by the name alone, by calling it the Casino Battle Royale, You assume it's going to follow the typical Casino Battle Royal format, and so you imagine, well, who's going to be the Joker entrant, right? Maybe it's going to be FTR. Maybe it's going to be some other new team we've never heard of before. And there were no Jokers in this Battle Royal tonight. No Jokers in the Casino Battle Royal. 
Why call it a casino battle royal? Why not just call it a tag team battle royal? I'm not sure. But it wouldn't have made a difference anyway. You could have had FTR come out there. You could, I mean, you could have had the Hart Foundation come out there. You could have had the Rockers come out there. You could have had anybody. It wouldn't have made a difference. That match was awful. The Tag Team Battle Royal tonight was fucking awful. And not only that, there were a lot of matches in that second hour, including the closing segment on the show, which felt very rushed. So it felt to me like they were having some time issues and they were rushing through things. We did have a uh, a surprise, well, not really a surprise. We found out about it a few segments before because best friends could not compete in the Battle Royal. They were not cleared. So Orange Cassidy and Danhausen took their place. They were not jokers because they were not a surprise entrant. We knew they were going to be in the match. They ended up going on to win. And I will tell you now, having seen what the four teams are going to be in the tag team championship match this Sunday. I am left wondering why we even need a fatal four-way to begin with. Why does the tag team title match even need four teams? Why couldn't you just do the acclaimed and the guns with some stipulation in a rematch from the match they did on television a few weeks ago? Other than they just tried to get as many people on the show as they possibly could. Uh, I don't know. But uh, it strikes me as being very unnecessary. So we'll go through everything here on this show. All I know is that when this show is over, aside from a couple of strong promos, I can't really say that this show did much to uh, get me any more excited than I was already for the pay-per-view on Sunday. I don't know if other people are going to feel differently about that. I don't know if you're somebody who was on the fence about spending 50 bucks on Bleacher Report to watch Revolution on Sunday. I can't imagine that this show did much to push you off the fence and inspire you to go spend the money if you hadn't already made the decision to do so. And to me, that's the whole point of a go-home show. I know we have Rampage on Friday, but (laughs) Rampage ain't no go-home show. This was the go-home show. And this is your go-home review for AEW Dynamite here for Wednesday, March 1st, our first stream here for the month of March. I'm happy at least that you guys can join me here. Even if you didn't enjoy the show tonight, I hope you enjoy the stream. Subscribe, smash that like button. So the show opened tonight, much the same way it did last week, with Orange Cassidy defending his All-Atlantic Championship in the opener. Uh, last time it was against Wheeler Yuta. This time it was against Big Bill. And we don't get to see Big Bill in singles action on Dynamite very often. He may be wrestling on Rampage occasionally. He may be on Dark. Uh, I don't know, because I don't always have time to check out the B shows and the C shows. This is their A show, and so it's not very often we get to see him here, and I thought he had himself a very good night. Orange Cassidy was frustrating him, so Big Bill had enough of Orange Cassidy's crap. Dropped him with a sidewalk slam. Outside the ring, Stokely Hathaway helped Big Bill clear off the timekeeper's table. They carried it over to the foot of the aisleway. Right, right on the other side of the ring. Cassidy tried to make a comeback. Bill, though, ended up choke slamming him through the table. And uh, this was not a disqualification. Very lenient, these referees are in AEW. Very lenient. During the break, Dan Housen came down to the ring to try to even the odds. Big Bill was ragdolling. Orange Cassidy had him in a full Nelson. had him in the hurt lock. And when he nearly had him out, He released the hold and stood him up, 
and he went to hit the ropes and come off with a big boot. But as Big Bill came off with the big boot, Orange Cassidy dropped down to his butt. So he avoided the big boot. Outside the ring, Danhausen was about to put a curse on Stokely Hathaway. I think uh, Danhausen may have put a curse on this show tonight. He was about to put a curse on Stokely. Big Bill wandered on over and he picked up Danhausen in position for a choke slam, but Stokely told him to put him down. He said, I got a better idea. Put the guy down. So he put Orange Cassidy down, and instead Stokely smashed, uh, or uh, Danhausen, I mean, he smashed Danhausen in the head with the cast. So Stokely's had a cast on his hand. So he smashed him in the head with the cast. Cassidy at that point flew through the ropes in a uh, tope, took down both men. Cassidy tried for another dive, but Big Bill caught him. He went for a choke slam on the ring apron, but Cassidy countered into an orange punch. And Cassidy turned a suplex attempt into a stun dog millionaire. Then came the DDT and an orange punch. Bill was still on his feet, so he hit a second orange punch. Bill still did not go down. So Cassidy said, I can't take this guy down. I'm going to go up to the top rope. And he climbed up top. He came off with a third orange punch, and finally that took him down. And Orange Cassidy got the pin to retain the All-Atlantic Championship. It took three orange punches, technically four if you count the one on the floor, four orange punches to get the job done and put down the big man, but he finally did. Another very good opener for Orange Cassidy, uh, and very different than the match that he and Wheeler Yuta had on the show last week. And that was a pay-per-view caliber match last week between the two of them. Uh, this one was also very good. It was a different dynamic because Bill was working as the giant. He was the monster. Orange Cassidy was at the size disadvantage. Uh, but still a very good match. And it was also the first chance for Bill uh, to really shine on his uh, own in a singles match and not some you know random tag team match like we sometimes see him in. And I thought he he delivered. I thought he... Uh, went out there and had a very impressive showing. And the key with somebody like him, uh, and we talk about this a lot, and, and, you know, I don't mention Miro anymore because Miro is done. I, I don't expect Miro to be back in AEW at this point. Uh, and I stopped caring, you know, a few months ago. But whether it's a Miro or even a Malachi, we don't get to see Malachi Black in the ring very often, especially in singles matches. The key with somebody like this is the reps. You want to get them as many reps as possible on TV. And there's so many people on this roster that there are a lot of guys who don't get the reps on TV. So they could go out there and have a match. They could go out there and have an impressive showing. Oh, wow, this guy was really good this week, right? I forgot how good he is. And then it could be weeks and weeks before we see them again. Giving them a match on Rampage is not going to make a difference. If you want to push them if you want people to look at them as being a big deal you've got to get them on your a show and for them the a show is dynamite and i would like to see them do more with big bill instead of just using him in tag matches let's see him have more matches on a more regular basis you know he gets over enough he starts racking up wins and then maybe he can you know, he could be challenging for the tnt championship because as i look ahead to revolution and we're going to talk about the ladder match here in a second i'm expecting wardlow to get his comeuppance on samoa joe his revenge on him, become the TNT champion again. We'll see if Tony Khan can book a, a better TNT title reign the second time around for Wardlow uh, than that abomination he gave him last year. 
But if Wardlow is going to go on, he's going to meet someone like a powerhouse Hobbs. Let's say he beats him. He's going to need other challengers going forward, including some big challengers. And, you know, Bill can be one of those challengers. So I thought this was a good showing tonight. As always, the key is in the follow-up. And with Tony Khan and the roster that he has, it's 50-50 whether or not they'll follow up with him. They showed footage of John Moxley. From backstage last week when the show was over, remember he had the match with Evil Uno in the main event. Evil Uno was left a bloody mess. And Moxley got busted open after the match. Hangman ran down with a fistful of barbed wire and punched him in the head. So this is exclusive footage of Moxley in the back, and he's all, you know, pissed off. He's in a uh, stairwell, and he's cutting a promo on Hangman. He said, he lives for this. He's not the kind of guy you want to go down a dark alley with when there's only one man coming out. He says, Hangman, who do you think is coming out? He says, just remember, you wanted this. I tried to leave it alone. I beat you once. I sent you to the hospital. They said it didn't count. It was an accident. You got concussed, right? They had to call the match off. So they said it didn't count. I didn't get credit for it. You beat me. I came back from a concussion, my worst injury in years. And I beat you again. You come back from the same injury, they give you flowers, they give you awards, they give you praise. I do it, I don't get the same thing. I get nothing. They told me my second win over you was a fluke. It doesn't count, they said. And he says, that's what I say too. I got beat by a wrestling move I learned in the seventh grade. He says, Hangman, you are a great wrestler. You're even a great man. But you are not the same animal as me. There is only one room, or only room, for one of these animals in AEW, and I will die to protect what's mine. He keeps bleeding. He may die in the ring. I will die, he says, to protect what's mine. He goes, see you, Texas death. And he said this with a lot of intensity, a lot of fire, a lot of conviction. Uh, This was one hell of a promo, especially the camera as he's speaking, panning down on the steps. And you just see the blood, the blood trail dripping on the steps as he's cutting this promo. Uh, Moxley was great here. Moxley was great here. I thought this was a money promo. This right here was the kind of promo that you want to air on that last show before going into a big match on your big pay-per-view. So I thought Moxley knocked it out of the park and uh, showed where, you know, he really has, I mean, he has a lot of value in this company. As we saw last year, he was the MVP. The company would have been a lot worse off if he wasn't around, especially after everything that happened with Brawl Out. Uh, But he's money on these go-home promos. We've seen this from him before in other feuds and programs that he has had. Moxley, in that setting, you give him, you know, you, you give him a good opponent, you give him the right scenario, and he can take care of the rest. And that's what he did tonight. And in fact, I would say this was the best of of the of the matches and the promos that we saw tonight on this show, this was the best of the bunch. And we had a, a, a retort from Hangman later in the show, which we'll get to. It wasn't as good as this, but this was great. So we heard Carry On My Wayward Son as the Elite came out. Now, they were not on the preview for the show. We have no idea why they were coming out, but they were coming out. Right? They're on the stage about to make their entrance. When all of a sudden their music gets cut off and the lights go out, when they come back on, the House of Black is standing behind them. They're standing behind Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. 
and the lights go back out, and we can hear some fighting going on, but we can't see anything. When the lights come back on, the elite are down. They're laid out on the stage in the ramp, and behind them, the House of Black are standing there holding up the AEW Trios titles to close out the segment. They never did tell us why the Elite were coming out. I guess we're going to have to sit here now forever and a day wondering what the Elite were coming out to do. Were they coming out to cut a promo? Were they coming out to play another game of basketball? Maybe they were going to, maybe they were going to play horse in the ring, right? They had the basketball at ringside. They were going to set up the hoop. We'll never know because they never told us what they were coming out here for. We had the face of the Revolution ladder match with the Sonic the Hedgehog golden ring hanging above the ring for a future shot at the TNT Championship with the king of television himself, Samoa Joe, doing commentary, all dressed up, all dapper in his suit. Actually, he had his TNT title with him and his Ring of Honor television title. Ring of Honor, by the way, the new era of honor begins tomorrow. The first episode of the brand new Ring of Honor is dropping on Honor Club. And you might not know that if you watch the show tonight. Because aside from one very brief mention during the beginning of the Battle Royal, I don't think they mentioned Ring of Honor a single time on this show. Which is kind of surprising given the show is launching tomorrow. So if you are a Ring of Honor fan and you forgot or you were unaware, uh, tomorrow's the day. Tomorrow's the day. You're going to get Claudio defending the Ring of Honor world title in the main event. But we had Powerhouse Hobbs, Kanosuke Takeshita, Eddie Kingston, Sammy Guevara, Ortiz, AR Fox, Action Andretti, and the debuting Commander from Mexico. The ladder match here got the Andre Battle Royal treatment this year, where they bumped it to television, which was for the better. Uh, they already have a full card for Sunday. I certainly don't want that card to be any longer than it already is. We we know how these AEW pay-per-views go. <laughs> I mean, we already know I'm not going live probably until Monday morning at 12.30. We already know this. We don't need any more matches. They got, they got a full card as it is. Eddie Kingston and Ortiz had to be separated, and they ended up brawling to the back, and that was it. We never saw them again. There were total non-factors in this match. And some breaking news. After Dynamite, there was a segment in the back with Eddie Kingston and Lexi Nair. And Eddie Kingston, apparently, and I saw this just before I went live tonight, Eddie Kingston quit. Quote-unquote quit AEW. So whatever storyline they're doing with him, I didn't get to see the promo, but I did see AEW posted it. They tweeted it out as well. Eddie Kingston has quit AEW in storyline. He certainly looked like he didn't do anything tonight. Looked like he was already mentally checked out. So that's the story with Eddie Kingston. Hobbs was super over because they were in his backyard. I think he uh, grew up in, uh, what was it, East Palo Alto, I think, which is uh, in that general Bay Area. They were in San Francisco. So he got the big hometown reaction. And he was mowing people down early in this match. Commander was the MVP of this match. Now, I haven't seen very much. I think maybe I've seen one Commander match in my life. I don't know too much about the guy. I've heard his name mentioned before. I thought it was very odd when I saw that he was part of this match just because this was his debut. 
And the winner of this match gets a shot at the TNT Championship. And again, of all the people they have on the roster that they could have put in this match, they took this guy who's never been on the show before, which I thought was a little, a little sus. But Commander ended up being the MVP of this match. He did a rope walk from one end of the ring to the other and balanced himself perfectly, did the rope walk to the other side of the ring, and then did a dive out onto all the bodies on the floor. And got a huge reaction for it. So that was very impressive. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. During the picture in picture, uh, Sammy Guevara set up a ladder bridge in the ring. There was a, a ladder bridge actually set up. Uh, there were two of them. There was one outside the ring. Uh, and there was a ladder bridge that was also set up uh, in the ring. AR Fox got planted by Will Hobbs with a Death Valley driver off the apron onto the ladder bridge outside, and it did not break. And A.R. Fox, I was going to say he sold it great, but I'm not sure if it was so much that he sold it or if it, he really did get the wind knocked out of him and got banged up, and that was his real reaction. But uh, I'm glad it was him and not me uh, taking that move. Sammy went up, and he tried to grab the ring, uh, but Andretti scaled the ladder bridge. And he grabbed Sammy, and he tried a falcon arrow that was supposed to be... Now, Sammy was supposed to, I, I assume, land on the flat ladder that was laid out as part of the bridge. Only he grazed it on the way down, and he landed on the mat. Uh, and he landed awkwardly, and that did not look fun. He is very lucky that he did not split his head open on that move. So that was uh, that was very dangerous. I mean, everything these guys do in these matches is dangerous. I mean, to the point of absurdity, everything they do is dangerous. But uh, this could have ended uh, very badly. So AR Fox was still set up outside on the other ladder bridge when Commander, the MVP of the match, Commander was back. And Commander hit a rope walk. So another rope walk from him. They got to picture this. He's doing the rope walk on the same side of the ring where AR Fox is on the ladder bridge outside. He does the rope walk into a shooting star press and lands perfectly on AR Fox. And poor AR Fox, again, the ladder bridge does not break. Now, maybe it wasn't intended to, uh, but it did not break. And poor AR Fox, again, had a look on his face like, just fuck my life. So, again, very impressive from uh, Commander. Commander then went for the ring. Takeshita, though, cut him off with an incredible blue thunderbomb 
off the ladder bridge in the ring down to the canvas. So I, I love that blue thunder bomb anyway. I've never seen a blue thunder bomb off a ladder bridge, though. That's the first time I can say that I've seen that. And the place popped huge for Takeshita. Uh, as much as these people loved Hobbs because he was the hometown boy, they loved Takeshita. And I said coming into this match when I did the predictions uh, that it's going to be one of two people winning this match. It's either Hobbs. And that was before I even knew that this was his hometown. Either Hobbs or Takeshita. Those were the only two choices to win this match. And those were the two guys who were over the most, although Commander won himself some fans tonight also. So Takeshita got cut off by Action Andretti. All of a sudden, Daniel Garcia comes down to the ring. And it's really, you know, we talk about Tony Khan's booking and how, you know, Jekyll and Hyde it, it, it can be because there have been some really good stories, you know, in the last few years that AEW has done. Uh, Punk and MJF probably is one of the strongest uh, stories they've told. Uh, but there's been a lot of very suspect, just bad booking by Tony Khan. There's been some really just bad stories or lack thereof on AEW programming. And one of the things that annoyed me was the Daniel Garcia thing. Now, you don't have to be a big Daniel Garcia fan to see that they were seemingly going in a certain direction with him. And they were telling a story with him and Jericho, and it looked like maybe he was going to be breaking away from the JAS. And fans were, were sort of slowly getting behind him, and they were getting more and more into Daniel Garcia. And it seemed like there was an obvious story there to tell uh, when Jericho was the ROH champion, and you can kind of see where it was going. And then they did the whole big swerve, and whatever equity, whatever goodwill they built up for Daniel Garcia washed away. Washed away. I don't give a shit anymore, right? I did. They had me invested in what they were doing, and then they just blew it off. And he has just been a complete afterthought ever since. That's the type of booking that is very frustrating in AEW. And so I was reminded of that when I saw Garcia run in here, because had they built him up the right way, he could have been in this match. He could have won this match. You know, he could have been one of the one of the potential uh, favorites going into this match. Instead, he did a run-in. And he stopped Andretti. He delivered a rock bottom. He and Sammy then quickly set up a ladder between two chairs on the floor. Sammy then took out Andretti with a senton off of a gigantic ladder. I, it'd be just, I don't know, 20 feet this ladder must have been. 15 to 20 feet. So he hit the, uh, the big senton to the floor. Garcia then helped Sammy back into the ring. Takeshita, though, wiped out both men. Takeshita was a fingertip away from winning the match. Hobbs, though, mowed down the ladder. He, he shoulder-blocked the ladder and knocked Takeshita off the ladder. And the ladder took such a bump that it was all bent. Even Taz on commentary acknowledged how bent the ladder was. But instead of getting one of the dozen other ladders that were laying around ringside, Hobbs says, no, I'm going to use this one. I'm going to climb me and my 300-pound frame here, we're going to climb this ladder. So you had all the referees on the outside. Multiple referees slid into the ring to stabilize the ladder from the bottom so that he could climb, which looks silly. It, it looks very silly. Now, I would rather them slide in and stabilize the ladder so the guy doesn't fall and break his neck or tear out a knee. And, you know, we see referees stabilizing the ladders all the time, but they're usually very subtle about it. or 
you know, they could do it in such a way where they, they shoot it in such a way where you don't necessarily see it. Here, it was just like, all right, everybody in. Let's let's hold the ladders so Will Hobbs can climb. So uh, it, it looked uh, kind of goofy. But uh, Hobbs did not look like he was very fond of heights either. And he had to climb to the very top rung of this ladder. And then he had to fumble around with the uh, with the ring to unhook it. And finally, from the uh, carabiner. And finally, he did. And so Will Hobbs, powerhouse Hobbs, is the face of the revolution. And he is the correct winner of this match. It was either him or Takeshita. And in his hometown, he was the correct choice. He got the big win. And like I said, well-deserved. It really, it, it all boiled down to who's winning on Sunday to me. If Samoa Joe is going to be retaining his TNT title, which I don't believe he is, then Takeshita should have gone over in this match. I believe you could do Joe and and Hobbs because if they put the title on Wardlow, as I believe they will, Hobbs is going to be first in line. Hobbs is not beating Wardlow. He's going to lose because they're not putting the TNT title after this long feud with Joe just to have him drop it in his first feud to Will Hobbs. So if you would like to see Will Hobbs with the TNT title, you could have done heel and heel, Hobbs and Joe, have Hobbs beat Joe, and then he could defend the title. But again, it just ruins the whole story. This entire story has been designed for Wardlow to come back after having his hair cut and everything else Joe has done to him and get his belt back. So Hobbs winning means that Wardlow wins on Sunday. If it was the other way around, then Takeshita would have won. You could have done Joe and Takeshita, which would have been an incredible match. It's still a match I'd like to see at some point. Uh, but anyway, so Hobbs went to go after Joe at the commentary desk. Joe saw this. He could see that Hobbs was uh, coming for him. And he stood up to go meet him. And if this doesn't make botchamania, I'm going to be very disappointed. Uh, because Joe had a hell of a time getting himself untangled from the uh, cord from his headset. He was struggling. This man was struggling there for, for a good five seconds, trying to get himself untangled. And uh, finally he did. But Wardlow walked out on stage, and Joe saw this. And no sooner does Wardlow walk out, a bunch of security guys come out as well. And they stopped Wardlow. He started throwing the security geeks around. Joe disappeared in all this. Wardlow's like, where is he? Where'd he go? Joe vanished. He got the hell out of there. Hobbs, meanwhile, he pulled up a chair at ringside, and he's sitting and watching this, and he's having a grand old time. He's he's hugging his uh, giant golden ring, and he's laughing at this. And Wardlow ends up powerbombing one of the security geeks off the stage onto a group of, of geeks that had gathered uh, down below, powerbombed this man, and they all fell down. Uh, when it comes to matches like this, I hate the escalating risks that they keep taking. I mean, it's to the point where I, there, there are points in this match where I worry more. Instead of just sitting here and being entertained, I'm like, oh God, you know, like, I hope he doesn't kill himself. To the point where it's almost not enjoyable, some some parts of this match. And, you know, maybe, maybe I'm alone in that, but uh, Sammy is very lucky he didn't split his head open on that uh, botched Falcon Arrow spot on the ladder bridge. 
But this was wild, and like I said, Commander was definitely, for me, the standout performer in this match. Now, I don't know if he's in as a one-shot or if he's going to be doing more work with AEW, uh, but he certainly impressed in his debut, and Will Hobbs winning was the right choice. Now, backstage, we had Renee Paquette with best friends Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy, who was being tended to after being beaten up by Big Bill. And she had a medical update that Trent and Chick, I wrote Chick, Trent and, thanks, autocorrect, uh, Trent and Chuck, not Chick, were medically, uh, were not medically cleared to compete in the tag team battle royal later on tonight. Danhausen said that he had some good news because he and Orange Cassidy are cleared, and so therefore they will take their spot in the battle royal later in the show. And Renee questioned if Cassidy would be all right for it after the beating he took from Big Bill. And she asked him if he would be up for this tonight. And Cassidy responded by saying, I don't care. I feel like Orange Cassidy is my spirit animal. That's kind of my philosophy in life. I don't give a shit. Big Chris Jericho, one-on-one against pretty Peter Avalon. Yes, Peter Avalon. Peter Avalon had an advertised feature match on this show tonight. Of course, it served a purpose, which was to give Jericho a quick squash win, which is what this was. Actually, they went two minutes, and 99.9% of the match was Peter Avalon. And then Jericho caught him with the Judas effect, and he pinned him. And that was it. Jericho, after the match, grabbed Floyd the baseball bat, And he hit Avalon with it. He was working him over with the bat until Ricky Starks ran out. He was was looking behind him as he ran to the ring uh, to make sure that he wasn't jumped by the members of the JAS. He got into the ring. Jericho bailed. And Ricky was checking on Peter Avalon. So Jericho grabbed the microphone. And he told Starks that he would beat the hell out of him on Sunday at Revolution. He said that just because the Jericho Appreciation Society was not allowed at ringside on Sunday does not mean that they are not present here tonight. And Daniel Garcia and Jake Hager then attacked Starks. Jericho got into the ring. He watched as uh, Hager slammed Starks. Garcia followed with a Uranage. Garcia and Hager threw Starks at Jericho, who put him down with the Judas effect to close out the segment. And this is a good sign for Sunday. Because I thought we would have Ricky Starks cost Jericho the match. I thought we might get the the Hurricane Rock you know, formula from 2003 when Stone Cold ran out or walked out and distracted the Rock and Hurricane got a win over the Rock. You know, the last person ever to beat the Rock on Monday Night Raw, ever, Hurricane Helms. And they didn't do that. And I was worried that if they did that, that would be a bad sign for Ricky Starks on Sunday. I was also worried because Jericho uh, trademarked or filed a trademark a few weeks ago for Jericho. And Paul White is has been doing some interviews and has been talking about he is going to be back in the ring at some point this month is the plan. He's been out with injuries. He's had surgeries. Uh, he just had a brand new titanium joint, I guess, implanted in his body. He says the joint is going to be good for 35 years. So there you go. We got 35 more years of the big show, everybody. So I put two and two together, and I'm thinking 
That coupled with the change they made in the advertising for the match, which originally was going to be everyone is banned. If you uh, paid attention, that was the original stipulation. Everyone is banned. And then they changed the graphic to just say the Jericho Appreciation Society is banned. And I said, are we going to get a a big show interference in this match costing Ricky Starks the match on Sunday? I feel a lot better about things now than I did a few days ago. Uh, the The only outcome here should be Ricky Starks getting a win. And there are multiple matches on the pay-per-view Sunday where you can say that. Jericho and Starks, Jungle Boy and Christian. I mean, there are multiple matches where the younger talent should be going over and the legend should be putting them over on Sunday. This is one of those situations where that absolutely should happen. So now it was Hangman's chance to respond to the John Moxley promo uh, earlier on in the night, which was going to be a, a, a tough act to follow. He was outdoors. In a, it looked like he was in a barn somewhere. Either that or he was under a bridge. I'm not sure. They never really told us where the fuck he was. But he was outdoors somewhere. He said that Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order made a comment to him, and he doesn't think Alex meant anything by it. But he asked Hangman if he was afraid that he may lose to John Moxley on Sunday. He said this match is all that he has left to lose. He said that he had the AEW world title and he lost that. He had another shot at it and Moxley took that away from him. He says, you can't take my friends away from me because you already beat Evil Uno within an inch of his life last week. You can't take away my memory because that's gone, which is not good. (laughs) I guess from the concussion, he lost his memory. He goes... uh, You can't take away the feelings and the tips of my fingers because I don't have any anymore. Boy, this guy's falling apart. How How is Dr. Samson clearing this man? He has no memory. He has no feeling in his fingers. How is he cleared for a Texas death match on Sunday? What kind of quack doctor do they have working in this company? I would like to know. It's the same person who cleared Soraya. He says, you can't take my heart because you couldn't carry it. He says, this Sunday, I take everything away from you. I take your spot at the top of the food chain. I take away your pride and your blood. I will be the man left standing. And you're right. He says, I'm not the same animal as you. In fact, I hate violence. But this Sunday, I'll be the most violent and bloodthirsty son of a bitch because I have to be to beat you. This is Texas death, and there's only two ways out. Either you live or you die. I ain't done living. John, after Sunday, you will never be the same. So, good stuff. I like the Moxley promo better. That was the stronger of the two promos, but I thought this was good. And this is what you want. To add some more fire, some more gasoline to the fire heading into one of your big feature matches on Sunday. Uh, I thought these two knocked it out of the park. This was much better to me than if they would have just done... If this were WWE, there would have been a contract signing, right? A contract signing or a pull-apart. We see pull-aparts on television every week. We had a pull-apart later in the show with the women. This was more effective to me than any of that would have been. You know, a really good, hot, fiery promo like this uh, can sell me on a match more than any of those things. So I thought that as far as the Texas Deathmatch on Sunday is concerned, 
uh, I thought they knocked it out of the park as far as the uh, go-home promos for it. Now, Renee was in the ring after this. They, they just went right into the next segment. This is what I'm talking about. No time to breathe. Just on to the next. Renee's already in the ring, and she introduces Christian Cage. And he comes down to the ring. Christian said that he can't wait to not come back to San Francisco for another 10 years. He said he was done with Jungle Boy until he was sitting at home one day as he was nursing his injury, watching Dynamite, and he heard Jungle Boy say that in 2023, he's going to win a singles championship. He says, over my dead body, because I'm going to win a singles championship in 2023, and that's a fact. And the crowd started chanting, uh, they started drowning him out with chants of shut the fuck up. He says he's been watching some of Jack's matches, and he's been winning a lot of them by a quick pinfall or a roll-up. And if you want to win a title that way, he goes, that's fine. But do you want to win a championship, or do you want to beat somebody for a championship? That's rhetorical, because he already knows the answer. You jumped me from behind last week. You had me dead to rights. You had me down on the ground. You could have given me the concerto, and you hesitated. And I showed you what a real man does. I left you in a pool of your own blood and piss. Wow. He said Jungle Boy has no interest in the prestige of a title. He just wants to win a title, take it home to his mommy, show her, take pictures with it, post memes online. You treat my business like a video game. Nobody can do the things that I do in this ring. I am one of one. I don't treat this business like a video game. I treat it like an ATM, and I'm not done milking it dry. Spoken like a true veteran. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He says, but this needs to end. So I've got a challenge for you. This Sunday at Revolution, because coming into the show tonight, this was not official. It was assumed that they were going to have a match on this show, but I also assumed that Adam Cole, his return match, was going to be on the pay-per-view, and that's not happening. And by the way, they still didn't tell us the, the date of the Dynamite where Cole is back in the ring and their new all-access reality show is debuting. The only thing they told us last week is that sometime in March, which was very strange that you would go ahead and make an announcement like that without there being a specific date and time. We know it's 10 p.m. on Wednesday. What Wednesday? We don't know. I assume it's not next week, or they would have told us. I'm thinking maybe March 15th when they're in Winnipeg. But uh, who the fuck knows? Maybe they'll tell us on Sunday during the pay-per-view. I'm I'm also wondering if we might get the release date for Fight Forever on Sunday. It looks like the release date might be the end of May, but nothing's been officially 
announced yet. So anyway, he had a challenge for Jungle Boy. He says, this Sunday at Revolution, it's not for a wrestling match. He says, it's for a fight. And the sad reality is, if you choose to show up, you're just your father's son. I thought this was going in a very bad direction here. But uh, he, he could have said a lot worse. I was expecting him to say a lot worse here. He said, you are your father's son, because just like your father, you're a no-talent hack, lucky to have Hollywood good looks to get through life. He said, this business isn't for you, kid. You don't have an ounce of what I have inside. And the lights went out. Again, Tony Khan's other favorite thing, other than battle royals, Tony Khan loves turning the lights out, right? We had the lights go out at least four times tonight. So the lights went out, and on the big screen was a video of Jungle Boy digging a grave. And they spliced in highlights of him winning the tag team titles with Luchasaurus and celebrating with Christian, right? Highlights from happier times with them. And also they spliced in footage from last week of him hesitating on the concerto. And then we had a very melodramatic shot of Jungle Boy with a single tear coming down his cheek. (laughs) I don't know. I guess this was supposed to be kind of like a deep promo here or like a deep, uh, you know, video package. I saw the tears streaming down his face. I just started, I started giggling. I said, this is, what's he crying for? Christian's right. This guy's too soft. What are you crying for? There's no crying in wrestling. Come on. Man up. Then they showed the tombstone for the grave that Christian was digging. And on the tombstone, it said, Christian Cage. And when they cut back to the ring, Christian was spooked and he walked off. Now, I don't know if that was just symbolism or if Jungle Boy is challenging him to a buried alive match, which if that's what it was, I'm sure they can't call it that. So maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I'm all for it. I've always had a soft spot for that stipulation. Uh, and, And I've always, you know, been hoping they would include it in these 2K video games, and I don't believe they ever have. Uh, Maybe there was one older WWF game that uh, had Buried Alive as a match mode. I don't know, but uh, I've always had a soft spot for it. So uh, if that's what it is, I'm cool with it, but there was never any sort of official announcement about this being a, a Buried Alive match. Maybe they could do a Buried Alive match better than WWE. You know, Lucha Underground uh, did a better casket match than WWE has ever done in the history of their company. Uh, With Ray Phoenix, in fact. It was Ray Phoenix and Mil Muertes in that Grave Consequences match. So if AEW wanted to put their own spin on it, I'm cool with it. Uh, But I thought that this was uh, good stuff here. Good stuff from Christian. The the shut the fuck up chance really rattled him, though. You could tell. Uh, They threw him off. Uh, he, he tried not to pay it any attention, so he just kept talking. It's almost like when, when the fans what some of these guys and they just try to keep talking without taking a breath or a pause. Um, it kind of throws them off sometimes, and I felt like that's what happened to him here. He tried to speed through the promo. He got a little flustered. Uh, but Christian, he's, just, he's a great asshole heel. He's a great babyface, but he's an even better just jerk of a heel. And it sucked that he got hurt. But now he's back and he's healthy and hopefully he'll be able to stay healthy and we'll get him uh, more of him on TV. And again, like the Joe and Wardlow match on Sunday, this match is is designed. It feels designed for, uh, you know, Jungle Boy to get his revenge. How can he not? How can he not? Christian's out there insulting the man's dead father. 
Not the first time he's done that, by the way. When they had their match, if you could call it that at all out, I'm pretty sure Christian is the one who got the win in their little 20-second match they had because Christian was hurt. So how could this be anything other than Jungle Boy getting his comeuppance on this man? It has to be. It has to be. Anything else would be a mistake. Jungle Boy hesitating last week. Hesitating on the concerto. Has to be building to him finally overcoming that and not hesitating and putting Christian down, putting a slug in the back of his head and putting him down once and for all. That's what we're going to see on Sunday. We had a rare FTW title defense on Dynamite with Hook defending against Matt Hardy with Stokely Hathaway and Ethan Page outside. They played the Hardy Boys theme for Matt's entrance, and I briefly thought to myself, boy, Tony Khan didn't waste any time in bringing back Jeff, given that his uh, court case just ended. Then I saw it was Matt. Hook got a knee bar early. Hardy got to the ropes and went outside. And Ethan Page sent Hook into the ring post while the referee's attention was diverted. Back inside, Hook recovered. He hit Hardy with an overhead throw. Charged into a snake eyes after that. And the first side effect from Matt Hardy connected. Hook fought off the second attempt. Both men collided. We got a double down. Stokely took his cast off of his hand. And he handed it over to Ethan Page. And Page clocked Hook with it. He reached through the ropes and he clobbered Hook with it. Again, the referee didn't see this. And so they teased that this was going to be the mother of all screw jobs here. Hook's first loss is going to come at the hands of Matt fucking Hardy. Hardy covered him. He got the longest near fall that I think we've seen Hook take in his entire career so far uh, from Matt Hardy on that spot. Hardy went for another uh, or went for a twist of fate. Hook floated over, though, into the red rum, and Hardy tapped out instantly. He did not wait. He immediately tapped out. He did that on purpose, right, because he doesn't like Stokely. And the stipulation for the match was that if Hardy lost, Stokely would have to wrestle Hook in a no-disqualification match. Hook would get his hands on Stokely. So, of course, Matt Hardy tapped quickly, and at some later date that was not announced, Stokely Hathaway is going to have to get in the ring with Hook. Uh, I like Stokely. I liked him in NXT. I liked him before NXT, even. Uh, But I liked him in NXT, and I was happy to see him arrive in AEW. I, I think he's very good. But I feel like he has not been established enough yet or um, established as annoying enough yet to get me to care about Hook kicking his ass. I don't know, it feels a little premature for something like that, but that's what they're doing. And uh, again, when when they're doing it, I don't know. Unless they announce the date later on, I did not see, but uh, I guess that will come later on. They're not on the pay-per-view, so there was no rush to announce anything because the focus, the focus really should be on the pay-per-view, which... You know, you could question why was this on this show? Why did this have to be on this show if neither man is a revolution? That's a valid question. Hook is not on the card on Sunday. Neither is Matt Hardy. So I don't know that this needed to be on this show. We got another spooky pre-taped vignette with the House of Black out of the shadows. And they had the trios titles that they stole earlier tonight. Malachi Black said that on Sunday they have, referring to the elite, he says on Sunday they've already lost. And with that, Buddy Matthews laid down his title on the ground. Brody King laid down his title on the ground. Malachi handed his title to Julia Hart. 
she laid that title on the ground, and that was it. That was the build for the Big Trios title match on Sunday. We had the Elite making an entrance for a segment that was never announced, and they got laid out, and the House of Black stole their belts, right, because there's something we've never seen before. And then we had a House of Black promo that was very brief and said nothing, and they laid the belts on the ground. Did they lay them on the ground in the back somewhere? I guess I guess they laid them down in the on the floor in the boiler room, maybe in the building. The promotion for this match has been very underwhelming. And if they did not want these guys to have a full-on brawl on television or touch, you know, they did it in the dark tonight, right? They got beat up, the elite did, but we didn't see it. Uh, that puts them in a tougher position. But even in terms of promos, I praise the John Moxley and, and, and the Hangman Page stuff on this show. I thought that was pitch perfect as far as getting over that Texas death match. And then I look back on this and you know, some people would say, well, this, this was not about the story. It's about the elite going out there and having great matches. No, you, you need to build a fucking story. It's not enough here. If you're going to have these trios titles feud, you could do a random trios title match on TV. You could have the elite against AR Fox and Top Flight. They can go out there and they can fly and they can flop and they can do all their usual stuff and they can have a very good match. But you're going into this pay-per-view. The House of Black and the elite, that really is the premier trios feud in this company that they could do. And they're going right into it on Sunday. And the story has been just rail thin going into this show. If you were looking for that final kind of knockout promo from either of these two factions on this show, you didn't get it. It was more of the same from the House of Black. It was the spooky vignette in the back. 30 seconds, one and done. They they stole the belts away from them only to lay them down on the floor. I don't know what the fuck that accomplished. What does that accomplish? They took the titles from them and then they they dumped them in the back. What exactly is that supposed to prove? I don't know. And as far as the elite is concerned, we certainly didn't get that promo from Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks. So that was very disappointing. I'm sure the match will not be disappointing. That's one of the matches I'm looking forward to on Sunday. Uh, but the buildup to this match has been non-existent. And that sucks. Because this should have been one of the, the biggest matches going into this pay-per-view. And it almost feels like an afterthought now. We had Tony Storm with Soraya in her corner going one-on-one with Riho. Neither of these women, I should point out, have a match on the pay-per-view on Sunday. But they got 10 minutes on this show, half of which came during a picture-in-picture break. Riho was taking off her jacket at the beginning when Storm attacked her. That's what kicked off the match. Riho battled back, caught Tony in a submission hold, but Storm broke it by getting to the ropes. Soraya was outside. She distracted Riho, and Tony took advantage. She hit a hip attack that knocked Riho off the apron. And while the referee was busy with uh, Tony Storm, Soraya caught Riho with a running knee on the floor. Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker come slowly walking out. They're going to come out to try to, uh, I guess, even the odds a little bit as we went into the break. Riho, coming out of the break, Riho performed a uh, top rope dive. Onto Storm on the floor. She rolled her back inside. Hit a double stomp. Storm hit her with a hip attack in the corner for a near fall. And then she got a cloverleaf 
Britt Baker climbed up onto the apron. Tony Storm released the hold to go lunge at her, and Britt dropped down from the apron. And that gave Riho a chance to catch Tony with a surprise roll-up for the win. Ah, the old distraction roll-up. Old Faithful. I thought I was watching a fucking Monday Night Raw segment watching this match, and that's not a compliment, especially not after this week's show. After the match, Hayter and Soraya, they traded blows in the ring. Ruby Soho ran out. Her music played, Ruby, 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 Ruby Soho. And she comes down to the ring. She comes. And what's she going to do, right? She's part of the triple threat match on Sunday. So the first thing she does is she pops Soraya in the face with a forearm. And everybody cheers. And Jamie Hayter is standing there. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, Ruby turns around and pops her in the face with a forearm. And this led to a three-way pull-apart brawl with Hayter and Soraya and Ruby. Uh, Referees and security ran down to get between them. I cannot tell you that this did uh, anything at all to get me excited to see these three get in the ring on Sunday. The only thing I I will say is I always enjoy uh, watching... uh, Not Britt Baker. I always enjoy watching uh, Jamie Hayter matches. Jamie Hayter is great. So she'll be in the ring on Sunday, and I'm looking forward to seeing her do her thing. But it's going to be a real test for Soraya because Soraya has been very underwhelming uh, since she has come back. She hasn't done much, but even even her out-of-the-ring segments, promos and backstage stuff, uh, Soraya's run has been very underwhelming so far. And the stuff that she's been doing with Tony Storm with the spray paint like their fucking NWO light has been just fucking terrible uh, and very unimaginative. Is a good word for it. But for her, it's going to be a real test because uh, she needs a big performance on Sunday. It's her first championship match since 2016. She's going to be in there with two people instead of one. She had the singles match with Britt Baker. She's done some tag matches. This is a different type of match she hasn't been in in a very long time. And also, Jamie Hayter hits hard. And I'm sure she's going to do everything in her power to protect Soraya and not hurt her, but uh, she hits hard. And so how is that going to play in a match like this? This, this, I feel like this match is going to go one of two ways. This is either going to really surprise a lot of people and end up being a really great match, or this is going to end up just being a fucking clusterfuck. Where they're not on the same page and they're just not gelling together. I feel like it's just going to be one extreme or the other. So we'll find out on Sunday. The main event, not the final segment, but the main event, final match, uh, on this show was the Casino Tag Team Battle Royale to fill the final spot in the Tag Team Championship match this Sunday at Revolution. We had a new team entering every 60 seconds. Both members of the team have to be eliminated in order for the entire team to be eliminated. So it's not enough to just eliminate one person. Both men have to go out. Both feet have to hit the floor. The Dark Order was out first, but they got jumped by the Ring of Honor world champion Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta. This is where we got one brief mention on this entire show of the fact that the brand new Ring of Honor show is debuting tomorrow on Honor Club. I thought, like midway through the show, I thought, are they not allowed to promote Honor Club? Is that like a network edict they can't even promote? The fact that the debut? I mean, think of all the, all the times they featured Ring of Honor on this show. Right? To the point where it was too much and they had to dial it back. 
and I'm glad that Tony Khan did. He said he was going to, after Final Battle, he said he was going to dial it back, and he has. But now the show is finally debuting. You've got a Ring of Honor world champion. You've got a TV champion, the pure champion. Uh, and, it, and we're midway through, and I'm thinking to myself, there's not been a single mention on this show that 24 hours from now, <laughs> you're going to have the brand new Ring of Honor debuting. So here's where they mentioned it. It was very brief, and uh, it was almost blinking you missed it. But again, for those who may have missed it, you are an ROH fan. Tomorrow, uh, and I don't know if there's a specific time for the drop or if it's just going to drop and be there on demand. I'm not sure how this is going to work on Honor Club, but uh, the new Ring of Honor does debut tomorrow, just uh, so you're aware. The third team in this match was Roosh and Preston Vance. The Lucha Bros were out next to a big reaction. Aussie Open, they were the fifth team in. Claudio and Yuta, they dumped both members of the Dark Order out of the ring, making them the first team eliminated. We had Matt Menard and Angelo Parker in top flight entering during a picture-in-picture break. Then we had the Kingdom, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett with Maria Kanellis. They were out next. Josh Woods, Ari Davari, and Smart Mark Sterling came to the ringside uh, area. They were not in the Battle Royal. But Woods and Davari pulled the Lucha Bros out to the floor, and they laid a beatdown on Penta and Ray Phoenix. Then they threw Penta back in the ring and they left. Roosh eliminated Penta. Somewhere in here, Phoenix was also eliminated. Uh, Darius Martin then drop-kicked Roosh off the apron to the floor, eliminating him and Preston Vance, who had already been dumped to the floor. Top Flight was eliminated by Aussie Open. Orange Cassidy with his ribs all taped up. And Danhausen, they were out next. Uh, after them came The Butcher and The Blade. The Kingdom was eliminated. Aussie Open got dumped. So we were down to the Blackpool Combat Club, The Butcher and The Blade, and Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. These were the final three teams in this battle royal. The Dark Order ran back out to distract the uh, Blackpool Combat Club, and both members, Claudio and Yuta, one after the other, got dumped out to the floor. So they were gone. That left two teams. At this point, the Guns, with their tag team titles, they walked out on stage to observe. Butcher and Blade were trying to eliminate Orange Cassidy, which left Danhausen to sneak up behind them and dump out both men to win the Battle Royal. So Orange Cassidy and Danhausen win the Battle Royal. Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett attack Cassidy and Danhausen from behind. The acclaimed eventually came out with Billy Gunn to chase them away. This was awful. This was just, this was awful. This was a waste of television time. I don't know what the fucking purpose of this was. I don't know what the fucking purpose of even having a four-way on Sunday is. You could have just had the acclaimed and the guns in a rematch with some stipulation for the tag team titles. Right? Now, I understand that Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen are very popular. And so Tony Khan probably just wanted to figure out a way to get them on the show. And this was the best he could come up with. We'll have Orange Cassidy wrestle twice in one night. It almost felt to me like they had some something else in mind, maybe FTR, and it fell through. It was very strange because, again, they promoted this as the Casino Battle Royale. And every Casino Battle Royale they've ever done, you've had the Joker entry that they build to, right? They build anticipation to it. And we didn't get that tonight. Even though they never explicitly advertised it, 
most people assume there would be some big surprise entrant at the end because that's what the Casino Battle Royale typically has. So that was uh, very underwhelming, but the match itself was awful. Uh, you had some some stories going on. They had Davari and Josh Woods ran out to eliminate the Lucha Bros. What? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And the ending was lame. Everything about this was lame. And I'm not sure, again, if, if the plan was to have FTR in this battle royal and plans fell through or not. Uh, but that's it just was very awkward. It was very strange uh, how, how this whole thing went down. I, again, I understand that they're popular. People like Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy. They had him defend the All-Atlantic title on the show tonight because Orange Cassidy against Big Bill has no business being on pay-per-view. So they did it on TV tonight. But now he has a match on Sunday that he won't win. Because Orange Cassidy and Danhausen are not even a fucking team. Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett certainly should not be winning the tag team titles on Sunday, but they're in the match too. You could have just had a straight up tag team match. And I don't know what the purpose of any of this was. I said last week they're promoting a ladder match and a battle royal on the same show. The latter match, again, was fine. Uh, it was it was a little crazier than I think it had to be, but you had some fun spots in there. The right guy went over. The fans were into it because they like Powerhouse Hobbs and they like Takeshita. That would have been well enough. We did not need this battle royal on this show. I have battle royal fatigue on these AEW shows. And as far as battle royals go, this was not one of the good ones. We got an extended video package. For the Iron Man main event on Sunday between Brian Danielson and MJF, which then led to one final commercial break, and then Renee was in the ring. Brian Danielson was already halfway down to the ring for the closing segment. Renee referenced a post. She says, I want you to see this post, or I want to bring up, or I want to show you, I think she said, I want to show you this post. From MJF in 2014, after dropping out of college about becoming a professional wrestler. I don't know if they were supposed to put it up on screen or what. There was no fucking post. That was kind of odd. So she asked if this changes his perception of MJF. Why would a, why would a random post from 2014 change his perception of MJF after all of the shitty things that MJF has been doing to him for a month, actually longer than a month, probably for six weeks now, 
all the awful shit that he said about his kids trying to trying to beat up his friends all the, all the stuff he's put this man through let me bring up a, a random social media post from 2014 does this change your perception of MJF I like Renee and and usually Renee is the one asking pretty you know sensible questions but uh, they had her ask a pretty stupid question here in this segment and Danielson he said that uh, a little over seven years ago he was forced to retire two years ago he came back he said that if you fight for your dreams your dreams will fight for you I guess it was a little more than two years ago now right probably three or four years ago but he said if you fight for your dreams your dreams will fight for you and at that point MJF interrupted Brian went off on him, said that MJF thinks he deserves all of these things, but he hasn't done anything to fight for them. He says, you've taken every shortcut you can to become the champion. You haven't fought for that. He said that if there's one thing you deserve, it's that your fiancé left you, which got a reaction. He said, pinning shoulders to mats and banging rats. Is that what you do, Max? That doesn't seem like someone I would want my daughter to uh, date or to marry. Or do other things with. Says you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth. And I've been fighting my whole life. I've been fighting injuries. I've been fighting retirement. I I don't know if you noticed that he stuck it in there. I fought the authority, he said. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that whole fall and spring of him. Fall and winter, rather, of him fighting the authority. At least it paid off in the end. Says before I came here, I had a job that would have paid me for the rest of my life. But I left to come to AEW because I wanted to fight. And bleed. You want it to bleed. And when I talk about fighting for your dreams, do you know what my new dream is, Max? It's to become the AEW world champion. God damn it, I'm willing to fight for it. So this Sunday at Revolution, you better be ready to fight with everything you have for a full 60 minutes. And if you don't, you are going to get your fucking head kicked in. And instead of muting it, they uh, played, they spliced in this like random crowd noise to edit the profanity so we couldn't hear it, but you could see it. You know exactly what he said. So they played Danielson's music. MJF never had a chance to speak here. He came out, but he had nothing that he was able to say. It was all Danielson. Uh, But it was a fiery go-home promo here from the challenger, the big babyface challenger heading into the main event on Sunday. This segment felt very rushed. To me, even when they came back from the uh, video package and we had Danielson was already halfway down to the ring, uh, I wonder if maybe we were supposed to hear from MJF if there was going to be a back and forth and they just had to cut it short because they were low on time. Because when they went to this segment, it was already very late in the show. So it just felt very rushed to me. Um, I would hate to think that this was rushed because of that fucking awful battle royal. That w- That would be terrible. But again, overall, this this was a show, it did not, it, it's one of those shows, it's so weird, because I really did like some of the promo work on this show, and this was a show that was designed to be a mix of, of not even in-ring, the in-ring tonight wasn't even the most important thing, it really was those promos. How are you going to push those key matches on the pay-per-view on Sunday? And I really can't say a bad thing about what they did for the Texas Deathmatch or the Ironman match. 
right? There was no physicality, which is which is very played out at this point. We we've, we have physicality every week with these people. But the promo work was very strong. The Hobbs win was fun. That was a wild match. But then everything else on this show was just very average or, in the case of the Battle Royal, just terrible and had no business being on the show. And there were people on the show tonight. Like, I can understand Peter Avalon just because it didn't matter if it was Peter Avalon or somebody else. It was just somebody for Jericho to beat quickly so that Ricky Starks could come out and they would have an excuse to do a beatdown angle. So... It didn't matter who it was going to You could put me in the ring with Chris Jericho, and I would have kicked his ass for two minutes and been laid out. It doesn't matter. But you had Peter Avalon, you had Hook, and you had Matt Hardy, and you had the Trust Busters. Like, why? Why are these people on this show? I didn't understand that. So a very mixed bag. A very mixed bag tonight. Uh... I am excited for the key matches on Sunday. The Iron Man match, I think, is going to be excellent. The Texas Death match, we know it's going to be bloody. It's going to be violent. It's going to be brutal. So if you're into that, that's going to be the match for you. Uh, and then we have Jungle Boy and Christian and Joe and Wardlow. Like, There's a lot to look forward to on Sunday. But it still feels to me, even though they've been building some of these stories, that it's just very cold. They've been building... But the build has just felt very cold for a lot of it. It doesn't feel like a hot uh, product right now. It doesn't feel like a hot show that they have on Sunday. And so that's kind of been the way that I have felt about the build to this Revolution show now for several weeks. And that's uh, pretty much all I got on this show tonight. My predictions for the pay-per-view, you can find them elsewhere here on the channel. They really haven't changed from what they were on uh, Sunday when I recorded uh, now we have Christian and Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy is my pick to win. Uh, otherwise, I think the card is pretty much as it was this past weekend. So again, you can find my predictions elsewhere uh, here on the channel. Let's check out the Twitter poll. And uh, this is you know, very, very similar to Raw Monday, although I think Raw Monday was, <laughs> I think Raw, was, what was Raw, like sub 30%, I think, thumbs up. Raw was fucking terrible on Monday. Uh, 44% only. Thumbs up for Dynamite tonight. 30% thumbs in the middle and 25% thumbs down. Hey, look, everybody. It is Uncle Saudi on screen. Says the show sucked. Storm should not lose to Riho. I agree. In that spot, the way they did that finish, that was pretty fucking terrible. But my my issue was you have two women who aren't even on the show on Sunday. So why are why are they getting 10 minutes? On a show that already feels rushed. Uncle Saudi. Thank you, Uncle Saudi. Future owner of WWE. I can only hope that uh, Uncle Saudi will uh, will do right by the tape library. That really is my, my only concern. I'm very worried about the future of that library. Since they pretty much own everything. They own everything. How many libraries does this company own? What what happens when it falls into the hands of a new owner? That's what I want to know. That's what I'm worried about. Anyway, let's uh, check out your Super Chats. See what you guys thought of the show tonight. I don't get the impression that you were very impressed with this television show tonight. I can't say that I blame you. Uh, Tuxedo T. Servo, who I don't think is with us at the moment, but he did stop by earlier and uh, dropped a $5 super chat. So wherever you may be, sir, I thank you. 
Uh, crypto in poker. It's a big uh, Omos guy. Thank you, Crypto and Poker, for the two bucks. Flamethrower Fluff Salisbury with the $5 super chat. What a fun ladder match. I also want to thank you for your thoughts and prayers for my father. You are uh, very welcome. And again, I hope that uh, everything works out okay. But uh, yeah, I shared that on the uh, podcast this past weekend. Uh, Thomas Colella with the $5 Super Chat. I was looking at a picture of Meltzer online the other day. Do you agree uh, that he looks like the guy from Supermarket Sweep? You the man. Are you talking about David Ruprick? I think Ruprick was his name. He does facially. He does a little bit. Although David Ruprick wishes he had guns like Meltzer did. Mel- Meltzer's got big... He's got big, uh, big arms. He's big in the arms, but... I guess in the face a little bit. The old host of Supermarket Sweep. He does uh, kind of resemble him a little bit. Uh, Anti-Ambishop07 with the $5. So where are we, by the way, in the likes? I haven't checked. The goal tonight was 450 So if we fall short, we uh, we won't be doing Be the Booker. I think we're lagging. I think we're at 370 So let's get those likes up. Uh, Anti-Ambishop, Evening Sala Monster. A decent go-home show tonight. Please book Commander in Hog. He is him. Hooray for Hobbs, all the best. We'd love to have Commander and Hobbs. I'm going to have to brush up on my Spanish and start calling some of the promoters down. Jay Baker, glad I did not go tonight. This show was mid. Luther Angel, I think this was a great episode of Dynamite. And I am looking forward to Revolution. P.S. Hiding... The chat is my new best friend. Thank you, Luther. Thank you for the five bucks. Uh, Corey Blake with the $10 super chat. Solomonster, once again, the NXT parking lot is the most dangerous place in America. Yes, I saw poor Wendy Chu. It's the latest victim of the parking lot. Uh, do you think there are some AEW stars who not usually featured can benefit from being on Ring of Honor? I mean, benefit just in terms of them getting uh, getting some some matches under their belt, but I don't see how if you are an AEW star, you're going to benefit much by spending most of your time in Ring of Honor on a product that uh, a lot of people aren't going to be watching, quite frankly. They're not going to get the kind of audience that AEW does. So, I mean, no, I don't really see... I mean, there could be some younger guys who can work with some of the more experienced veterans, if that's what you're talking about, but... No, I, I don't see how it's going to benefit uh, very many of those people. Uh, Big Talon, 256, outside of the lame battle royal. I really enjoyed the show. Looking forward to the pay-per-view on Sunday. Leonard McCormick, as part of your hog commissioner duties, will you be taking bumps? Maybe getting a little color. I'm the commission. I don't take bumps. I don't take bumps. I I do my business on the phone, and I do my business behind the scenes, behind closed doors. That's where I do my business. In fact, we are uh, getting ready for our next show next Friday. Uh, We got a lot of work to do. 
Stephen Chappa, thank you again for that $30 uh, drop earlier. Did someone say a Joker entrance? Honk, honk, the circus is in town. Bully the Clown was perfectly timed there. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, Devin from NJ2000, what's the greatest go-home show of all time? I don't know. That's impossible to answer. I can't remember every go-home show that they've ever done. Uh, Fire Panda, big fan of Dream Machine Racing Queen. It, it's become the official song of the Dynamite streams, so I'm glad you enjoy it. It's one of my favorites. Eric Deshawn. There's Cody Rhodes giving you a big cheer on screen. Hey, Dennis Diaz, just subscribe. Welcome, Dennis. Cody Rhodes welcomes you. Eric says, missed last Wednesday's stream due to being sick. Take my money as punishment. Well, Eric, I hope you're feeling better. Sucks to be sick. I was sick a few weeks ago. So I hope you are doing better. And thank you very much for the uh, $50 bomb. Fire Pando, one more super chat until payday. Uh, Damn you for taking my money for being so entertaining. Well, I can't help it. I can't help it, but uh, I sure am glad that you are uh, part of our little crew. So thank you, Firepen. Ed Swoggle, I am sad that I will miss MJF and Brian, but I am not buying this shit. Rodimus Prime, decent show tonight. Better than whatever that was on Monday. (laughs) It's a very low bar. That said, what match are you looking forward to on Sunday besides the main event I I am looking forward to Jungle Boy and Christian I'm not sure if it is a buried alive type match or if it's just going to be a you know, like a, a no disqualification fight like Christian said uh, I was looking forward to that match in September we didn't really get much of a match so that may be the match I'm most looking forward to um, you know outside of the main event on Sunday Jungle Boy and Christian Uh, Dick the Cock Johnson with the 999. Eddie Kingston kayfabe quitting AEW is going to lead to him returning eventually to win the world title from the other guy who publicly quit AEW, MJF. The story writes itself. If they wanted to, they could give Eddie Kingston one of these quick uh, title runs where he beats MJF and then he holds it for a month and drops it back to him. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't see it happening, but If they wanted to, give him like a quick Mankind run with the belt, uh, they could do that. Steven Fees with the $5 Super Chat. Tony Schiavone calling Dan Housen Dan Housen. Like his name is is Dan cracks me up every time. Maybe the first show I don't order and I just find a stream. It is amusing. He does call him Dan Housen. That's right, like Mr. Housen. But Tony's a boomer. Now he just, uh, he probably thinks his name is Dan- Daniel Housen. Uh, Joseph Brooks with the 999. Cherish, keep, borrow, sell on these versions of The Undertaker. I feel like I get a version of this question once every couple of months. Uh, early gray purple gloves, Attitude Era, American Badass, Big Evil, Dead Man, 04 to 2015. I'm not going to do this uh, cherish borrow crap. I mean, well, my my version of the Undertaker, I will always have an affinity for the gray glove 
purple era Undertaker, even though the matches were largely shit. He didn't really start having like good fun matches until Mankind came along. If we're being honest, and I I, I like the the stuff with him and Yokozuna, but when Mankind came along, he finally had a a rival that was that felt like he was actually ultra competitive with the Undertaker for the first time. So I I might go gray and purple glove I don't know it's weird because again the matches were so much better later on so it depends kind of on what you're asking me like which version had the better matches or just which version I liked the most because I missed the early version of The Undertaker uh, the one that I would put probably at the bottom of the list um the one I put at the bottom might be the uh, it might be the Attitude Era one, like, like the Ministry phase. I just wasn't I wasn't a fan of the Ministry. Everyone's always shocked when I say that they had badass music, but I thought the Ministry was uh, was no good. Deontay Swanier, ten dollars super chat. Time to smash the like button. Uh, it's talking mess about Sky Blue again. Fun show, always a great time. Brett is the best, sir. You are right. Much love, brother. Boy, this was all over the place. You, this was like an AEW. If AEW was a super chat, like this is it. Like you just got everything in there. But uh, Deontay, thank you. Thank you for the 10 bucks. Uh, Justin Canales with the 1999 Solo Monster three days ago. Uh, my friend went missing in Brooklyn. Maybe you've seen my flyers around the city. His name is Brian Ramirez. If you could keep it a lookout for anything, I would appreciate. It. I am not aware of that. I have not been. I have not been out. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. I hope he turns up soon. I haven't heard anything on the news or anything, but hopefully he is found safe and sound very soon. That is. Uh, that is terrible. Yes, Bliss Ben. Bliss fan says it's the Excalibur super chat. It's actually a, a great way of putting it. I should have, I should have speed read it like uh, Excalibur does. Anti M Bishop also heard about Hiromu's All Star Junior show today, and all I can say is bring back the J Crown. Get ready, wrestling wise, this month is stacked. I did not hear about. That. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, that Indian dude. 
dropping a $13 super chat. Hey, big MMA fan here and heard about the Tony and Ariel dust up online. My advice to Tony Khan is let it go. Or as uh, Ariel Helwani might tell Tony Khan, let it snow. Uh, Helwani has been tearing into fighters and managers recently, unless you're Triple H and you need a softball interview. I saw the interview that Ariel did with Bailey on uh, the BT Sport channel. I think it was the BT Sport channel the other day. He's been doing a lot of uh, WWE interviews. But uh, that Indian dude, thank you very much. There's Uncle Saudi again. Uh, Charlie with the 10 bucks. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Uh, I feel like this woman's feud is heading to a blood and guts match with the AW Originals and Soraya Storm and a heel turned Ruby Soho. Also, SmackDown vs. Raw 2006 and 2007 has the Buried Alive match mode. Man, I gotta find a way to play that. I know they have emulators online and stuff, and uh, I don't know, it's not the same. I wish they would include it in the more modern games. Like, I don't understand why they don't have some match modes that you can unlock and just throw some classics in there. You can put Casket Match in there. You can put Buried Alive in there. You can put fucking the Lion's Den match. They used to have Lion's Den matches. You know, have some have some fun, like, old-school match modes that you have to, like, really fight to unlock. Uh, Fallout. Free Sonya two Glocks. Yes, poor Sonya DeVille. Be uh, fighting the legal system in the state of New Jersey. Hopefully, that'll all be taken care of. Sonya did nothing. Uh, naughty, delicious chicken with flavor. I'll be wah whack whacking. I'll be watching. <laughs> Ooh, naughty, delicious is being a little naughty tonight. I thought that said I'll be whacking the new Japan, <laughs> the new Japan Cup. I'll be watching the new Japan Cup. Oh boy. Over uh, AW Revolution on Sunday, the pay-per-view build has been lackluster, and that don't work for me, brother. Uh, Mr. Dynamite says, what happened to Sonya Deville? Uh, it came out today that Sonya was arrested on a weapons charge uh, in New Jersey a couple of weeks ago for a gun that was registered in Florida. She was in New Jersey and didn't realize... And the valet parking attendant went into her glove box and saw the gun and snitched on her. And uh, she got the gun, apparently, after that whole debacle with the stalker a few years ago that broke into her home. Totally understandable. It's it's just a misunderstanding. I'm sure it'll all be taken care of. And uh, there's, there's no heat on her in WWE, nor should there be. Uh, Milton Herrera Rimoldi. Uh, man, AEW has fallen off so bad, it's starting to get hard to watch. The booking of both Battle Royals with Lucha Bros and Aussie Open, no sense. FTR is better off. Yeah, these uh, these Battle Royals have not been good. Uh, Brian Finley, this show sucked. Storm should not lose to Riho. That's the one I read before, so thank you, Bryant. Uh, Rizzo with the 999. Good evening, chat. Sounds like Brock has a this-don't-work-for-me brother with the rumored Bray match, and they pivoted to 
Uh, Omas can't rip Brock too much of truth. Thank you, Rizzo. So what you're saying is what I joked about the other night was true. That Brock kicked Lashley in the dick on purpose to get himself disqualified so he didn't have to work with Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. Is that what you're telling me? Was I right all along? I believe I was. Uh, Austin Runge with the $5 Super Chat. Did you see Nathan Fraser and Wesley, or against Wesley, and Carmelo Hayes against Tyler Bate? Absolute bangers. Uh, If that was from NXT this week, I did not. I have not watched it yet. I will watch it uh, either tomorrow or Friday. I will watch NXT. Uh, Dr. Dakota Scorpio, I guarantee Revolution will be a three-hour pay-per-view. I hope it's a three-hour pay-per-view. Did you mean four hours? If it's three hours, that's perfect. That means it's over at 11 p.m. I would love a three-hour pay-per-view. We ain't getting a three-hour pay-per-view on Sunday. Uh, M. Mills with the $5 Super Chat. Thank you very much. Thank you, M. Mills. I know who that is. Very kind of you. Uh, we have got uh, Naughty Delicious Chicken with Flavor. I was watching yesterday's NXT episode over AEW. Well, let's not get over dramatic now. Now you've gone too far. Oz and Glorious with the 10 bucks. Flying to Rampage and Revolution this weekend. We got tickets hoping to finally see Sting because we never got to see him in WCW. So annoyed we will be seeing more Starks and Jericho garbage instead. I am very happy I got to see Sting uh, when I went to the Rampage or uh, 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 Dynamite and Rampage Grand Slam at Arthur Ashe in September. Not only did I get to see Sting in action, but I got to see the great Muta come out to make the save for Sting. And that's a very rare thing that I don't think you'll ever be seeing again. Uh, Certainly not in this country, so... I'm sorry you won't get your Sting moment. But hey, you're going to get to see Jeff Jarrett, so you should be very excited. Devin from NJ2000. Do you think a rising Steve Austin potentially sabotaged Owen Hart's push in 97 into 98? No, I don't. I don't think he wanted to work with him after that. I don't think he wanted anything to do with him, but I don't think he sabotaged his play. Uh, Oz and Glorious, great stream as always. Why do my Sound Off member chats always show me as joining? I am at 21 months. Well, on screen, for whatever reason, the on-screen alerts... Uh, show as joining. I think in the actual chat it says 21 months. Yeah, that's just, I don't know. That's just the way the the alerts come up. Yeah, apparently the valet was going through her um, her glove box looking for identification, I guess, because she didn't have her valet ticket, her parking ticket, so that's why he went into the glove box. He saw the gun and he called the cops. Chris Manson has been a channel member, a Sound of Legend, in fact, for 22 months. Says, do I think Mercedes Monet eventually signs with AEW? She reminds me of Brian in the sense that they just want to wrestle everyone and she will have more freedom. I don't think she's going to sign with them. I think that there's a chance we'll see her on the Forbidden Door show, though. As part of New Japan, that might be kind of the back doorway for her to get on an AEW show. But I don't, uh, you know, 
I don't feel uh doesn't feel to me like she's interested in signing any sort of a like a full time contract or long term contract with uh AEW. I think the end game is still gonna be her back in WWE. That's what I think. Uh King Bling Blah, does MJF take an injury or fake an injury heading uh into the end of the match, ending the match early on Sunday? No, I don't think he fakes an injury. I think the way I mapped it out of my predictions was uh MJF will win three falls to two. And I think in the end, it'll be a case where uh, the Dynamite Diamond Ring may come into play. Referee doesn't see it. Knocks out Brian. Brian can't respond in time to get the uh, tying fall. Uh, or, you know, he'll get him in the LaBelle lock. And he's this close to tying it up. But MJF, you know, hangs on. And it's going to be like razor thin, I feel like. But that was my prediction. Three falls to two. MJF goes over. Uh, Oz and Gloria is with the five bucks. Did you watch the Jake Roberts Legends episode? His story has been told, but the way they filmed him telling it was well done. Would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, I would like to check it out. It's on my list of things to try to get done before the weekend. I have not watched it yet. Or the uh, Rivals episode on Undertaker and Mankind. I mean, I didn't get I didn't get around to the A&E stuff until the end of the week last week. So I just have so much going on. So I will try to get to it. Uh, no guarantees I'll be reviewing it on Sunday, but uh, I heard I heard good things about the Jake Roberts one. So I will I will try to get to that. Uh, Devin has also, like Chris, been a channel member for 22 months. Would you put John Cena in the same realm as Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, whose second half of their careers was superior and cemented their legacies? No, I don't think so. Because the second half, see, I don't look at the second half of his career as including, you know, those, those great matches with like Punk and uh, yeah, obviously Edge came earlier. The matches with Edge, I don't, I don't look at his second half of his career that way. I think it came in the early and middle part of his career. So no, I don't look at it the same way. Uh, Rizzo with the $10 super chat. I don't know how you feel about Dax and his constant whining on his podcast, but I'm annoyed with him and other wrestlers airing grievances in public. Old man Rizzo, I know. I just kind of feel bad for, uh, for Cash. Like, Cash is always quiet. You don't hear anything from Cash Wheeler. Dax is always popping off about something, which is his right to do. It's his podcast. But when you're in a tag team... It's tough because you don't want to speak out of turn and get heat because then that heat rubs off on your partner, and I think that's fucked up. So if he's got things he wants to talk about, that's fine. I'm not convinced that it's not all part of some angle, Uh, but if he really is unhappy in some way with AEW and he's airing these grievances publicly, um, if Cash didn't give him, you know, his blessing to go talk about some of this stuff, I think that's messed up. Because that shit could end up rubbing off on him. And he's not doing anything wrong. He's keeping his mouth shut. So if Dax wants to mouth off and he gets heat for it, let let Dax take the heat, not Cash. Uh, One more look here at the poll from before. And you can vote at Solomonster. 44% of you have given this go-home show tonight a thumbs up. 30% thumbs in the middle and 25% thumbs down. So uh, remember, you guys can go vote. 
at Solomonster. I'm going to have a, a poll up on Sunday as well. Uh, when Revolution goes off the air, whatever time that may be, uh, however however tired I may be, uh, we'll be live on YouTube as soon as the pay-per-view is off the air. So you're getting two podcasts on Sunday, 798, and then the review uh, whenever the pay-per-view is over. Uh, Chris Manson with the 499. I would think signing a long-term deal with WWE is different than a long-term deal with AEW. No, I mean, a long-term deal is a long-term deal. You know, it ties you up for X number of years. Tony Khan has signed a lot of people to three-year deals, five-year deals. Uh, Chris Jericho and John Moxley have signed three-year extensions. I don't think Mercedes is interested in uh, signing any sort of long-term thing right now. She's free as a bird, right? She can spread her wings and do whatever she wants in wrestling, out of wrestling. Uh, why tie yourself down to one place for such a long period of time? You know, the deal she has right now in New Japan is not a long-term deal. She can extend it. She can sign a new one if she's having fun. But to me, it doesn't make any sense if Tony Khan is going to sign somebody to a contract to bring her in for, what, six months? It, what, what purpose does that serve? You know, if she was available and I wanted to bring her into my company, I would expect there to be some sort of a long commitment. Two years, three years, whatever it might be. Um, so in that respect, I don't see there being too much of a difference there. Long, long term is long term. Uh, Andre Israel, prediction for the best match at WrestleMania. There are a lot of possibilities. I think uh, the Usos against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, once it's made official, and the way that match has been built up, I think has the potential to steal the show on whatever night it airs, night one, I presume. But I'm telling you, Seth Rollins and Logan Paul. Seth Rollins and Logan Paul, I think, are going to uh, potentially steal the show. And Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley could also. So, I don't know. It's tough. There's there's a lot of uh, possibilities. I'm going to go ahead and say the Intercontinental Championship match. Which right now is looking like Gunther and Drew McIntyre. I expect Sheamus to be added. So, I'm going to say Gunther, McIntyre, and Sheamus are going to steal the show. They're WrestleMania. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Oz and Glorious. Why are we seeing guys like Action Andretti, Garcia, Yuta, etc. far more than the elite House of Black Lucha Bros on TV lately? It's like the QT versus Cody days all over. You know, I don't have an issue with Tony Khan wanting to feature some of the younger guys, but you've got to have a better balance. I agree. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of guys, and I know with the Lucha Bros, there were visa issues. That's why they disappeared for a while. So there are times where there are behind-the-scenes issues going on that we may not be aware of, and you have to keep that in mind. Uh, Miro, I don't know what the fuck is going on with him, but there's no excuse for 
the booking of the House of Black. I know that Malachi had a back injury last year. We didn't find out about that until later on. As far as I know, as far as anybody knows, he's been doing much better. So is he still dealing with an injury that we're not aware of? What, what, why are we not seeing him featured more? In the ring, not just in these vignettes. I mean in the ring doing meaningful stuff on television. There's no other excuse for it other than there being an injury. And if there's no injury, I would love to know why. The Elite. You may not like the Elite, but the Elite are, you know, two, two the Young Bucks, if you take them as one si- single act, and Kenny Omega, two of the biggest acts on the entire show and the entire company. And Kenny Omega just doesn't feel like as big of a star in AEW, his home, as he does when he pops back up in New Japan. It's like two different people. It shouldn't be. One of the reasons why I would love to see the Elite drop those trios titles on Sunday. Get Kenny Omega back in the ring on a singles basis more often. All right, so we made our goal. Boy, you guys uh, kept it close. We almost didn't make it. Uh, But we did hit our goal, which was a a 450 minimum here for Be The Booker. Again, uh, it helps when you like the video. More people are exposed to it on YouTube and the algorithm. So thank you for that. And uh, let's Be The Booker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to be the booker. There's Brian Danielson, possibly the next AEW world champion, but uh, we know it's not going to happen. He ain't going to be the new champion. But uh, one day he would make a fine champion. That day just uh, will not be this Sunday. So we barely made it. You guys wanted it. Let's uh, begin with the men here. Men's be the booker. We begin with Perk Angle. Our old friend Perk Angle from Impact Wrestling. Looking, uh, I don't know, homeless? Dazed? His eyes are a bit glazed over here in this image. Hasn't shaved in a while. Perk Angle. To go one on one with Hunter Hurst Helmsley. The Greenwich Blue Blood. Hunter Hurst Helmsley against Perk Angle. Sounds like a fine match to me. And if Russo were booking this, we'd have uh, Stephanie on a pole. Stephanie and a bottle of Vikes. All right, here we go. Let's go to the ladies' side here. Ladies, be the booker. We begin with Sensational Sherry. Sherry Martell. The late, great Sherry Martell. I miss Sherry. Sherry should still be with us today. It's a a damn shame. Former women's champion, Sensational Sherry, going to go one-on-one with herself. What are the chances? Sensational Sherry against Sensational Sherry. Sounds like a hell of a match to me. Holy shit. How many women do I have in this thing? I think it's north of 150. Sherry against Sherry. That's my kind of match. That's one of those rare mirror matches we sometimes get here on the street. Doesn't happen very often. 
We've had some good ones. I think we've had Kurt Angle against Kurt Angle. We've had Andrade against Andrade. I think that's the first time with the women that we've had that. (laughs) So on the tag team side, we begin with the Creed Brothers, the former NXT tag team champions, the Creed Brothers, Julius Creed and uh, Brutus. Julius is uh, the one who they supposedly see big things for in his future as a single star. So it'll be the Creeds taking on. We gotta get we gotta get a drum roll going here. Do I have the drum? Yeah, I do actually. Let's get a drum roll going here. The Creeds against Chronic. <laughs> You know, Chronic had one of the worst matches in WWE history against Kane and The Undertaker during the invasion period. So I don't know that the Chronic and Creed match would necessarily be one that I would want to book on my show, but perhaps somebody else would. Some people are going to look at this and go, Who? Some newbies are going to look at this and go, who are these guys? If you know, you know. If you don't know, well, I don't know what to tell you. Two out of three ain't bad. I think that's what Meatloaf said once upon a time, right? Two out of three ain't bad. Chronic was okay in WCW for whatever reason, though. They had had a terrible match in WWE, and then they were never heard from again. Uh, Chris Manson says, add Brawl Out Punk to be the booker. How do you know he's not already in there? And Devin from NJ, buy or sell Yeslemania or Kofi Mania? Uh, Yeslemania. I had I had the great uh, privilege of being live for both, for the, for the payoff. They were both great. Uh, but Yeslemania. Without a doubt. Easy thumbs up. Uh, I am going to see you guys Friday night. I'm going to be live for the SmackDown stream. Big SmackDown this week. Cody Rhodes is venturing over to the blue brand. He is going to confront Roman Reigns, who is actually showing up for work. His first SmackDown in a month. He's going to be there to deal with the Jey Uso situation. So that's going to be going on. And uh, what else did they announce? Did they announce something else for SmackDown? I don't know. Maybe we'll see Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy. Maybe we'll get another Firefly Funhouse. But going to be a big show on Friday. So I hope to see you guys back here. And then, of course, Sunday, episode 798, and a live Revolution review. Whenever the pay-per-view may end. Whatever time that may be. I will see you there. If you haven't already done so, please like the video on your way out. If you would be so kind. Rizzo, not ready to let me go just yet. Uh, $10 super chat from our boy Rizzo. With baseball season around the corner, is there a chance you do a monthly baseball show for members only? At least a test run. I apologize for making more work for you. I think there may be a better chance of me if there's uh, something that happens that I feel like I want to react to. Even if it's like a short or something. I might do those. I can't. I can't commit to a like a regular weekly or monthly thing. 
because I may have other content planned, wrestling content, but um, but we'll see. There could be there could be the uh, the odd movie review and stuff. Uh, I'm already working on the next RSPW Rewind. Once that's ready to go up, all my uh, Green World Order members, all my channel members, you guys are going to get early access. It's one of your little perks, your perk angles. When uh, content, special content like that goes up, you guys get it first for at least 24 hours and maybe longer, maybe the first two or three days. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. I got a lot of, I got a lot of different ideas. Uh, but thank you guys for all the love. And uh, please be well, stay safe, and uh, I will see you back here for the SmackDown stream on Friday and uh, all the AEW stuff on Sunday. Till then, take care.